Welcome to the Friday Five, a series in which we cover five stories in health and science research over the previous week that you may have missed. There are plenty of controversies and ethical issues in science, and we get into many of them in our online magazine. But there are also lots of stories to be excited about, and this news roundup is focused on scientific work to give you a therapeutic dose of inspiration headed into the weekend. First up in the Friday Five, scientists are figuring out new ways to treat children with rare diseases, even before they're born. When doctors learn that a child in utero had the most severe form of a genetic disorder called Pompa disease, which causes an enlarged heart, scientists at Duke and the University of California, San Francisco, gave her mother infusions through the umbilical vein of an enzyme that people with this disease are missing. The enzyme is important for turning sugar into energy, and when it's missing, the sugar builds up, causing damage. Most children born with this issue will die before age two, and this particular family had already lost two children to this same disease. Before this treatment, earlier studies had shown the pre-birth treatment seemed to work in mice. More research is needed to know if this is safe for other patients, but in this case, there were no side effects to the mother or the fetus, and the girl, named Ayla, was born with a healthy heart, as reported in the New England Journal of Medicine this week. She's now 16 months old and remains healthy though she'll have to get injections of the enzyme throughout her life to stay in good condition. Researchers are now looking to see if prenatal treatment can be useful in preventing other rare diseases. Next up in the Friday Five, what comes up must come down, but in the case of lifting weights, the down part might actually be more important. New research out of Edith Cowan University compared people pumping iron the normal way, curling the weight up and then down, to people who lower the weights only. And the decliners enjoyed the same amount of improvement in strength, even when they did just half the number of repetitions, according to the study that was published in the European Journal of Applied Physiology. This actually just reinforces what scientists believed about the effects of lowering weights. Doing so causes what's called eccentric muscle contractions, which are really important for muscle gain. In fact, the researchers say that concentric lifting of the weight contributes little to strength training. We're all busy, and if you can spend a little less time in the weight room to get the same benefits, why not? But what does this really look like in practice? Well, if you want to focus on the declines, the researchers advise using both hands on the way up to more quickly lift the weight than you'd be able to with one hand, and then do the eccentric lowering with just one hand for exercises like bicep curls, shoulder presses, and calf raises. You can even skip reaching for your barbells, say the researchers. You could just do weightless squats and lunges. Next up, more people with severe spinal cord injuries are getting back on their feet, supported by a walker, and electrical stimulation and machine learning. In research published in Nature on Wednesday, nine people who got electrical stimulation were able to walk again with support from the walker. Three of these people had had complete paralysis with no sensation in their legs before getting the treatment. Incredibly, five months after the treatment, four of the nine people were able to walk without needing the stimulation anymore, which shows that the neurons in their spine seem to have come back permanently. The Swiss research team was surprised at first when they found at the places where people got the stimulation, the activity of nerve cells actually went down, but then they realized this was happening because the neurons involved in walking required less activity as they relearned how to work and got better at it. To understand exactly which neurons were being affected, they used AI to find the neurons that expressed genes following electrical stimulation, and when they deactivated those genes in mice, the stimulation no longer helped them regain the ability to walk. The same team of neuroscientists has used electrical stimulation for monkeys to regain movement in their arms and hands. Now they're starting a larger trial aimed at restoring the ability to walk in almost 100 people, and they're looking to see if similar treatments could help others regain additional functions that rely on movement, like loss of bladder control. 
If you suffer from anxiety, you might be just as wise to reach for your meditation cushion as your pill bottle, according to a study this week in JAMA Psychiatry. Researchers at Georgetown Medical Center split over 200 people with anxiety into two groups, one that practiced mindfulness meditation for eight weeks, and the other taking the most common drug for people with anxiety disorders. Their average age was 33, and 75% were women, very similar numbers to what's found at large in the U.S. population. Anxiety symptoms were reduced significantly in both groups. There was a 30% drop in the meditation group, pretty much the exact same rate as the medication group. Important question here. Will people actually do the 45-minute daily meditation sessions and occasional in-person group sessions that were involved in this study? Well, about 15% of Americans have already tried some form of meditation, and the alternative isn't great because the drugs have lots of shortcomings. Although they can be very effective, they don't work for many people or have side effects that make people stop using them. Anxiety disorders include fear of crowds, anxiety in social situations, and panic disorders. In recent years, meditation has become more accessible with phone apps, but more research is needed on the effectiveness of these apps. Speaking of that, the Georgetown team has already run another phase of their research that involved meditation via video conference and other online approaches, and they're analyzing those results now. And if you've been slacking off on your life goals lately, a study by the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology could be up your alley. The researchers looked at a question that hasn't been studied much. Can nutrition affect motivation? They were specifically interested in whether your zest for life is zestier when a part of the brain that controls motivation, the nucleus accumbens, is full of antioxidants. Antioxidants are important proteins that clear out waste products. The researchers found that the foods we eat can lead to more of a certain type of antioxidant, glutathione, that's especially important in brain functioning. The scientists measured the amount of glutathione in the nucleus accumbens, looking at both people and mice, and found the ones with higher levels did better at sticking with various tasks they were given in the lab that tested their motivation. What's more, when they handed out glutathione supplements to the mice, our rodent friends turned into superachievers and started talking about their plans to colonize Mars. Whereas when the scientists blocked glutathione in the brain, which they were only able to do in the rats, they just binged Uber Eats and Netflix. Much more research is needed, but the study does suggest foods that are high in important antioxidants, like animal proteins and certain vegetables, like broccoli and legumes, could support your motivation, just in time for New Year's resolutions. As always, you can find links to each study I've discussed this week in the show notes. And please check out the Leaps.org magazine online, where you can learn about the latest and most important challenges and developments in science, such as this week, an article about a wave of new technologies for social connection. Overall, the Leaps.org platform looks at innovations through the lens of rational optimism. You can find out what to be concerned about, but we also tell you which scientific breakthroughs are giving reason for excitement. Thanks for listening to the Friday Five, and have a great weekend.